happy holidays, everyone. As we record this episode, we are deep in the Christmas season and feeling very generous to one another, or at least I hope my cohorts are generous toward me. Merry Christmas to everyone, and welcome to another episode of Essential Dynamics, a perspective on life and business from the point of view of Mr. Derek Hudson, our wonderful guru. Derek, how are you today? Reed, I'm calling you a guru. Yeah, and I keep <laughs> I keep wishing you wouldn't. I'm a student. Uh, Merry Christmas, uh, Reed. Merry Christmas, Bryn. Hello. Yeah. Thank you. And Bryn Griffiths in the studio is with us today. That's that's great because I always like to hear Mighty Mouth speak to us. Thank you. I, am I being paid scale for this or what? Oh, we'll talk about it after. It's yeah, not. That's right. It's I, not good to talk during the show about that. I thought the union was on strike, Bryn. But no, okay, that's fine. I'm happy to be with you two guys because I've known you forever. <laughs> and you're still alive, so that's probably. I'm why. happy about so that too. Ask. Thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, how are you today? Great. I'm uh, very much in the Christmas spirit today. I feel. Oh, better. really? Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Tell me some things that make you feel Christmassy. Well, I'm, you know, looking outside my window of my home office and there's uh, snow nestled on all the tree branches. So that's a Christmassy thing. Um, been piping in the Christmas music constantly um, and anticipating the arrival of pitter-patter of little feet and arrival of uh, grandchildren on December 26th, which will be Christmas uh, day in the house, Hudson house. <laughs> Wonderful. I, I wish I could be there. That sounds really fun because I know who your grandchildren are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cooler than me. Yeah, they're wonderful. They're wonderful. Well, uh, Derek, how do we, how do we uh, fit essential dynamics into Christmas? That seems like a stretch to me. Yeah. So, you know, this is the essential dynamics Christmas special. That's right. And Here I am holding Holly and yeah. drinking it. And, all. and like, like why, what's the, what's the connection? And so I, I yeah. want to walk you guys through my, through my thinking. Okay. Um, and uh, this is a man, there's so much here, but let, let me try this. Um, I developed the essential dynamics framework because I wanted to talk about how I solve business problems. Right. Um, then I realized that it was broader and that was applicable both at a larger scale to society's issues and also to, you know, personal relationships and our own personal development. And of course I can't separate the way I think um, from my religious upbringing and my um, constant um, study of, uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ and it's been a huge influence on uh, on my life. I I like to think it, it's influenced the way I act with people and the, and the kind of person that I am. Um, but I have, as I've pondered essential dynamics, I, I realized that this story is only really a reflection of the story of you know God's children, uh, of which Christmas plays a really important part. So I just kind of want to walk through uh through some of that stuff today, but, you know, mostly in a, in a conversation. Um, but I'm going to set my text and I, this isn't a sermon. I have given many talks in church. I've preached a lot, but this is not what we're going to do today, but I did want to share one scripture and uh, Bryn's our sports guy. Reed is our, is our theater guy. Uh, but Bryn, I know, you know, this scripture because it's the one that comes up at all the hockey games and the basketball games. John three sixteen, Yeah. Right? Yep. And, and in my mind, we can kind of break it down. This is essential dynamics in one scripture in the New Testament. Are you telling me that the essential dynamics that we've been discussing for 60 episodes or so came from the Bible? Or there's a um, parallel it, to it. Yeah, or, or maybe it came from the same place as the Bible. Okay, mm. I'm intrigued. Yeah, so yeah. anyway, so here... So this is, John, blown. this is John 3.16. Uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Okay. okay. So there's a 
There's a bunch of stuff in there. So, you know, in essential dynamics, we talk about the idea of a quest. Right. Um, and that, and that quest, that epic quest really resonates with us. You know, we love the story. Uh, and that story is in, you know, mythology and uh, religion and human experience since it's been recorded. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Joseph Campbell capturing it in the hero's journey. Uh, but I think that the hero's journey resonates because it's based in truth. And, and, okay. the, and the truth is, is that the reality of our mortal experience, human beings here on this earth, um, is that each of us are on a quest. And uh, the elements that we talk about in a quest um, are present for all of us. First of all, uh, I believe that our personalities, you know, our spirit is something that existed that before we were born and that uh, we have heavenly parents. We lived with them as spirits in a very different state than we are now, but it was comfortable. Um, it was, uh, it was safe. It was comfortable. And it also was limiting. Limiting. Limiting for us to be able to grow and develop and be more like our heavenly parents. We had to leave the nest, we had to embark on an epic adventure. And, uh, and that's the purpose of this life. And we go through challenges. We have companions. There's obstacles. Sometimes we feel like we want to run away from it all and resist the call to adventure. Um, and, uh, through it all, we get divine help. And then at the end, when we accomplish the purpose, we realize two things. First of all, um, that we did provide some benefit to the world. And second, we're not the same person as when we started. Oh, because yeah. Of the growth, because of the growth that we've under, undergone, uh, undergone, largely because of the trials that we've had to overcome. So the, our, our experience in life is the quest. And so that's why the, the story of the quest resonates so much. And here I was, you know, a year and a half ago, trying to talk about a business problem and elevating it to the quest. And I thought I was onto something and realized that it's, that's, even that's just a metaphor, you know, for life. So? So does that discourage you? That, that I don't know. I don't think you should be discouraged because, uh, well, Voltaire, uh, who may or may not be on our minds at Christmas, uh, Voltaire said, uh, imitation, oh no, um, what is it, repetition? Imitation is just judicious flattery. I have a tr hard time saying judicious. I think it was Rich Little that said that, not Voltaire, <laughs> but anyway, never mind. Just so, throwing that out. Read, uh, just to be clear, I'm not disappointed. Okay. No. Good. You, you know, I, I shot low. <laughs> and, and then I ended up seeing something that, you know, in a sense that, you know, I already knew. And, and we yeah. knew if, if we were asked the right questions. Um, well, but, so you're, you're not disappointed that you have main, mainly expressed essential dynamics for all this time. And then, then now at our Christmas special discovered that it was old news. Yeah, that's not disappointing. It's um, I just like the resonance. I like what in my mind, truth is absolute truth. Truth is consistent. Um, but the way we can find it and understand it, you know, can really be varied. And so we understand these principles. Well, let's get to the nitty gritty drivers, constraints, uh, uh, mentor, uh, you, you tell me, tell me on my quest here, how you relate it to the Christmas story. And if indeed you do. Okay. So let me, let me start with uh, purpose X and purpose Y. Okay, good. Uh, and so I think that, um, God has purpose X and purpose Y for his children. And, um, you better explain that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with having two conflicting purposes because his conflicting purposes were one, he would like us to 
be good like him. Okay. I think that's every father's wish. It sure. is good. Yeah. He, he would like us to grow up and be like him. But, or more but on the better other, that. But on the other hand, uh, he also wants us to have our own uh, agency. You know, and we talked about that a few episodes ago. Yep. So, so here's the, here's the contrast. Um, be like me and make your own choices. So you purpose can X, purpose X, purpose Y. So I've and, given you this, I'm speaking as God now because he's a personal friend. Uh, you're, you, you give, I've given you uh, life and I've given you options and I've told you which ones not to choose, but you must choose for yourself. Right. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. And I, I would love for you to come back to me, having learned enough to be with me. And I, I have a quotation, which I think explains this really well. It's from a man called uh, Dale Renland, leader in our church. Um, and he says, and I just, this is purpose X and purpose Y. He just didn't call him that. I might give him a call and suggest that. Yeah, have him come with the yeah. lingo, will you? Yeah. Pick it uh, up a bit. Our, yeah. <laughs> our Heavenly Father's goal in parenting is not to have his children do what is right. It is to have his children choose to do what is right and ultimately become like him. If he simply wanted us to be obedient, he would use immediate rewards and punishments to influence our behaviors. But God is not interested in his children just becoming trained and obedient pets who will not chew on his slippers in the celestial living room. No. God, <laughs> no. Love it. God, want, God wants his children to grow up spiritually and join him in the family business. Which is making lives better. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so, l- so. Let, let me throw this at you here because I, I'm, I, I started Are out. Losing you, Bryn? I, I started. Uh, I started out uh, following the path of the United Church of Canada, but over the years, I veered to the point now where I think you know what? As, as the older I get, the more cynical I've become on a lot of things. Well, that, and that may be natural. That may be. Yeah, I. Be the, yeah. I think I question yeah. a lot more, but I think that you tend to drive what we've been talking about essential dynamics to whatever path or roadway that you are familiar with and if it's religion that's the way you will go with it for me i i feel a level of spirituality but i feel no connection with religion at all and i feel like life it's funny so i go through this big cancer scare about uh, two years ago and as i come out of that i see the world completely different because i for two days i wasn't i was on the verge of not making it so mm-hmm. the one there's one song that just has suddenly stuck out with me, and it is Life is a Highway by Tom Cochran. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to hear the lyrics of it, but the title says it all for me. And what it is is that I'm constantly driving on the highway. And there are yeah. times where we'll take an off-ramp off that freeway, and we might find great adventures. We might find great successes. We might find great failures. But at some point, I'm probably going to get back on that freeway and continue to drive down that path. I don't know what's driving me down that path, but I don't feel it's an all-being person because that's not really the the methodology that I go with. But there's Mm -hmm. definitely something that directs us. I don't know what it is, but uh, I just think that we, uh, we all recognize that we have to do good things in life. We have to make sure our family gets looked after. You know, we could do all these checklists that we all believe in. And everything that we've talked about and all the uh, all the essential dynamics uh, bits and pieces, Derek, that I've been so fascinated by listening to. And I go, uh-huh, yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Yeah, I just think yeah. that how people get from point A to point B is and can be completely different, yet there is a lot of commonality in here. If there, is there such a word, commonality? If there isn't, I just yeah. created it. Uh, no, you know, no, I... We're, we're, we're with you. <laughs> but does that make sense at all? Because I, I will see things really a lot differently than you guys. But I think at the end of the day, I, I think we're all kind of going down the same path in a lot of ways. And we all have a different way of determining whether or not we were able to get to where we set the bar. It's just me. 
Just my take on it. No, no, I, I, I'm interested in this. I, I think that's, uh, I'm intrigued that Derek can put uh, essential dynamics up against uh, a religious philosophy and have them harmonize. Sure. I, I think that's fascinating. And uh, I also, uh, I also think Bryn, that what you've expressed, I mean, sometimes uh, we go through religious or spiritual experiences, regardless of our faith. Uh, it, it just, it, it's a, there's a different word for it. It's just like you, you experienced several times, I think a, a life changing experience that the, the, uh, the, 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 deaths in your family, the losses of your, your parents and your sister. And uh, I, I hope I'm not being too. No, uh, no, you're right. Personal. These are the challenges that are thrown in front of us. And this, yeah. as I have always said, and I know you guys will agree with this. You t- you can tell more about a person by how they handle the challenges than how they handle the good times. And, yeah. and to me, what that does is it, it just, all it does is it solidifies and makes my route or my map further down the line more clear than, than anything. You have to go through the difficult yeah. times before you recognize that, hey, that's all part of life. That's how I view it. Right. I'm very, I'm very, um, oh man, I wish I could find the word to describe it, but I, I tend to be generally upbeat and positive. Uh, yes, even though do. I'm cynical and at the at the weirdest, I think sometimes the correct times, but I I think that I've learned more about myself and uh, and just by the way I've handled the tough times, not the good times. The good times are easy to get through for me. Yeah, well, obviously, I it seems obvious to me, if not to you, that you were uh, you were given another chance at life because you had to go through this essential dynamics with us uh, and we needed you to be in the studio i'm not sure there's a greater purpose in life than to serve derek well no you're right either either that or maybe this is a bigger challenge to cancer is to have to put up with this (laughs) well i do know one thing out of all of that is that if there's one life thing that i have to achieve now it's to try to help people get through it and might it come back and take me sure but in the meantime, if I can be of any kind of uh, assistance or inspiration, man, I hate that using that word when I'm talking about me. But if I can, if I can say something inspirational, somebody else who's gone through exactly what I've gone through in the last two to three years, then I think that that's uh, that's really what my new calling is as I move ahead. Hey, so we're going to get Brent. to that, Bryn. But I heard two things uh, that I want to just flag and make sure we get back to them. You said calling. Yes. You said calling, so mm-hmm. that's part of the quest is to receive the call yep. yeah. that you don't necessarily want. And then the second thing is that, um, you know, that the, the hero's journey involves the help from other people. Um, and a lot of times we're the help. Yeah. Right? Right? Someone yep. else is on the journey and we're the help. And um, especially if you've been there and you've been places that, you know, you might as well get some value out of where you've been by, you know, helping other people along the way. So I see that. Sure. Yeah. So anyway, the, the whole idea of this um, purpose X purpose Y is that, uh, you know, God had this dilemma, which is how do I get people to learn how to be like me and not take away their agency to choose else, you know, choose something else. Um, and so he, creates uh, this earth, um, which has, as we spoke in an earlier uh, podcast about, it's got natural laws and there's, they're constrained, there's limits. Uh, We have physical bodies that get sick and die. And we're all in our sixties now. So, and everyone's been sick a little bit. So, you know, we face that. Hey, speaking of sick, uh, 19 years ago today, I had my heart attack. Wow. 19 years. 19 years 19 ago years. today. Yeah. 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 Today, so, today, um, today, today, wow. December 14th, 2002. Okay. So, you know, we're all mortal and we, uh, we have limited time and sometimes our bodies, uh, you know, let us down a little bit. That's part of, that's part of the, the plan here. Another part of the plan is that we don't remember that God set us on this journey. We have to discover for ourselves. Um, and that's, uh, that's a really fun one. Um, a great example I have of that, of the call is, uh, is Harry Potter. 
who grows up, you know, under this under the stairs of his uh, of his uh, uncle and aunt. Of the Dursleys, yeah. Treated like garbage, and then uh, Hagrid, uh, the the giant, you know, invades their family vacation. I think it is, and finally says to him, "You're a wizard, Harry." Right. And uh, you know, all of us have to f- kind of find out that uh, you know, literally we are divine offspring of, uh, you know, the creator of the universe. That's the, I mean, people may believe other things, but I don't know that you can get higher than that, that you have that kind of potential. Um, and, but you only, you can only realize it through going through challenges. So we talk about opposition. And so that's, you know, one of the functions of, uh, this earth life is that things aren't easy and, uh, to not be good, is it enticing? Yeah. It's either, it, it's either enticing because we're angry or tired or mean, or it's enticing because, uh, you know, it's the pleasures of the flesh or power or indulgence or whatever. Um, and there's certainly, you know, all kinds of things that are addictive have that, you know, there's the, there's the, um, the buzz that they uh, offer. And then there's the chains that, that, that come along with it. You know, all those things are just part of this this mortal journey, um, and they're designed to be this laboratory or testing ground or school that we have to get the experience. So it fits the quest so well that I think it's actually the other way around. The quest is the way we describe why life is the way it is, and that's that resonates. Eric. That's, and it resonates partly. I mean, the, you mentioned the Harry Potter story. And I have some experience with that since uh, all of the Harry Potter stories were based on my life story. But I, uh, I would like to point out that every one of those, what, eight books, uh, there's more the play of later and, and, and uh, other stories. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, all of those stories depict uh, moments of obstacle and extreme obstacle in some cases, adversity. Uh, and if they didn't, they wouldn't be interesting. They wouldn't be classics. They, because as, as interesting it would be to read about Harry Potter every day at Hogwarts, it would not be as interesting if he didn't have some particular lesson to learn in that story, which was every year of his schooling, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, read the... Um a couple of things to that. Yes, there's always obstacles, but the other thing is um, that not, not all of them, but a lot of them in epic, epic literature, uh, the protagonist doesn't overcome without help. Right. So the help comes in many forms. It's his companions um, that, you know, the like traveling, the rings. traveling companions, yeah. you know, the fellowship. Um, sometimes it comes from that mentor figure although they tend to be, you know, kind of prompting from the wings sometimes and, uh, you know, just giving advice. Sometimes they get tools, you know. Like a, you know, like a, a map or a, a sword or something yeah, like that, yeah. invisibility cloak, you know, they get those tools that help. Um, and then actually that makes the story interesting because if um, the protagonist has all the capacity to get through all the trials and, you know, and, you know, win the drive, slay the dragon on their own, then it's still kind of predictable. I agree. This, this topic came up at our house last night, shockingly. Um, and so, Oh, really? About yeah. the fact that, you know what? Everybody's got to have, it's one thing to be, to have protagonists, but there, a play is boring. A movie is boring. Life is boring. If there aren't a few antagonists, there's got to be conflict that creates the good or the bad spin in life, right? And right. We, we were talking right. about this very thing last night. Well, so, sure. So, sure, it's so pretty you, true. You got the, the metaphor maybe of the uh, the guy with the angel on one shoulder and the devil on sure. the other shoulder. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it goes beyond that because both of those sort of forces have power. They're not just voices. Um, and And so – this idea that there's a higher power is um, like, there's no quest without higher power. Um, 
And then, and then one of the things that, uh, you know, that kind of suggests to me is it's not completely consistent in all of the literature, but, um, you know, in some ways there is a higher power and the higher power, the forces of light are stronger than the forces of darkness. Uh, so it's not, we're not trying to save the world in the sense that evil has to be, you know, that sort of, you know, God can't do without our help. Uh, it's that we, it's that we have, it's our job. We have to uh, suppress the evil. We have to suppress the evil in ourselves. We have, as a community, we own the responsibility of suppressing evil. And, uh, you, you know, if God wiped out all evil, then we wouldn't have this conflict that you're talking about. So a really good example of that, and, you know, it's not in the Lord of the Rings movies, so for the people who only watch the movies and don't read the books, they'll miss this. Uh, remember the scouring of the Shire at the end? Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. So they save Middle Earth, they save the world, and then they come back, and that's mayhem, back in their hometown. And uh, just as they get there, Gandalf says, oh, I'll see you guys. <laughs> this one's yours. <laughs> this one's yours. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think, you know, um, that's one way to, you know, and I, I know, Bryn, that you're an optimistic cynic. Um, but th- the, I think some of the optimism is that, you know, we got this. Um, because ultimately the higher power is going to prevail. But our job is to work in our garden. Yeah you know, to protect our, our things. And so I think that that aspect of divine help is, um, is prevalent. Now, um, let me move on to drivers and constraints for a second, because we do got to get to Christmas here at some point. Oh, oh, oh that's right. That's what yeah. we're doing. Yeah. Cause I mean, we love talking about essential dynamics the whole time. And, um, but let's remember our, our purpose today is Christmas. I'm sorry. I had a purpose X and a purpose Y. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, you know, this one's really interesting because this one's deep. Um, and that is, is I think about the drivers and the business problems that I look at. And we talk about the drivers and the personal things that, you know, that people are working on. There's a lot of power in having uh, motivation that's, uh, you know, moving you forward. That's really, you know, naturally compelling. It's, it's good. And so we've talked about organizations that just have this really high purpose and they engage people because the people really identify with the purpose and, uh, and they, they just want to do good in the world. But the, the purpose is, it seems to me is always to make people's lives better. Like, you know, even if it's, even if it's to um, raise the stock price, Right, right. That's but what you're saying is that's the worthy purpose. It's like you may. I remember reading the, the Steve Jobs biography, and he really wanted to make the world better too. Yeah. Uh, but um, not everybody at Mac, at Macintosh or at Apple, really felt uh, the same way. But they all did feel like they were making the technical world better, and sure, that was sure. something. So within and, it, just kind of narrowed down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's sorry, lots sorry. of ways to look at. There's lots of ways to look at it, but ultimately any product, if it doesn't make somebody's life better or make them think their life is better, right. which is the problem with a lot of vices that sell well, yeah. um, you know, it's always based on people. Like right. there's no robots out there ultimately buying stuff. It kind of goes to people. And so if that's a, if that's a worthy cause, it's to actually really improve, you know, people's lives. And um, one of the best motivations for trying to improve someone's life is, if you love them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just got yeah. a little goosebump here. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So, so um, my premise here, my hypothesis is the ultimate driver of everything good in the universe is God's love. And so I go back, I go back to uh, John three sixteen. starts out for God. So loved the world. Um. So you can tap into God's love um, and then, then we can have a driver. And sometimes you do that. You have to work to do that. Other times like a mother with a child, you know, there's just that inherent love that you have for the, for that baby that's helpless and doesn't do anything for you other than just being there. 
Uh, but that love is just a reflection of another parental love, which is uh, God creating all of us. Um, and then, you know, and, and there's, I, I can't remember the, the, uh, the reference, but we love him because he first loved us. So, so, you know, we can express love and we can feel love, but the first love was God created a world and a plan and that's God's love. Um, so that's the driver. Now let's talk about the constraint. Sure. And I've kind of, I've kind of uh, maybe foreshadowed a little bit my, some of my thoughts about the constraint. Um, you know, and we talk about these opposing forces. What are your thoughts on, you know, if, if God's love is the driver, what's, what's, uh, uh, you know, the corresponding sort of ultimate constraint? Well, then it's, it's, it's Satan's uh, hubris. Uh, so that, so read that. That's awesome because I think that there are two possible answers. You said them both in two words. Um, and it's not Satan. Satan is not the ultimate constraint because God can, he can close that off at any time. Okay. But it is pride. Okay. Um, because pride is the one thing that takes us away from God's love. The one thing? The one thing I think that takes us away from God's love, because um, we he besides besides giving us our lives and all this opportunity, he also gave us the freedom to choose, and we really like to exercise that. Oh yeah, kind of like in the face of all kinds of other things. And so there's this great quotation um, from C.S. Lewis, who probably wrote some article somewhere about essential dynamics and God's plan for us. But anyway, he said, there are two kinds of people, those who say to God, thy will be done. And those to whom God says, all right, then have it your way. <laughs> and, 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 um, you know, and then there's, uh, then there's uh, scripture from, uh, from our faith tradition Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, every man walketh in his own way and after the image of his own God. And, uh, you know, and the first great commandment was, thou shalt not have any other gods before me. And it's, it's not that there was any competition between, you know, the, the God of the Israelites and, you know, um, the idols that they worship. But we all set up what we think. We, we would like, God to be like this. And, and, and he would ask this of us, but not that. Right. And, uh, uh, or, you know, and people worship, um, at the altar of, uh, you know, prosperity or indulgence or power or fame or whatever, but it's something else. And it's our, our choice to turn away and to, uh, you know, set up our own, uh, set up our own system. And that's hubris, right? Hubris. I think of uh, the Greek myths uh, or the Roman equivalent. Um, and a lot of those gods were not, uh, they were all powerful in their own way, but a lot of them, and in Norse mythology too, a lot of them were not good. Yeah. Uh, they were, they were seeking more power. Mm -hmm. They were seeking, uh, seeking to subdue uh, free will. And, right. uh, and I think that's, that's a, an interesting dichotomy we have uh, where, where we would, where those gods expected to be worshiped, even though they weren't worthy of it. Yeah. And, and, and they could compel. And so like going back to the pet with the slippers in heaven, yeah. uh, God's plan can't have compulsion if he wants uh, his children to be like him. And, and so that's fine, except that, as soon as we get a little bit of power, then we want to like try it out on stuff. Oh, it changes, changes the yeah. scenario a lot. Yeah. So, so we want, we want to, you know, kind of like, like uh, Burger King used to say, we want to have it our way. Have it our way. Hey, yeah. here's the, I love the, the way you guys have kind of uh, looked at this, but, I, but and for a guy who overanalyzes everything, that's what I'm accused of at home frequently. 
is having a plan <laughs> A, B, C. I might even have a D that I overanalyze everything. But the one thing that I don't try to overanalyze is the direction my life goes. I like to think I'm on a kayak and I'm uh, kayaking down the Columbia River and I have really no, I know where the end point's going to be. I'm not really sure how I'm going to get there. And I don't really know if, if I'm controlling it or the river's controlling me. And Oh, lovely. And yeah. I kind of like that. And the older I get, the more I like to just roll with the waves and to just basically let the river take me, right? Like so, the Garth Brooks song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Bryn, um, I, I love that. I love that analogy. Uh, when I was um, getting trained on uh, whitewater canoeing a number of years ago, um, the guide said, um, either you're forward paddling or you're back paddling, but you're paddling. All the time. Because, yeah. Because if you're not if you're not paddling, if you're not exerting force on the water, you have no control. You can't steer. Correct. You can you can you can paddle back or you can paddle forward, and either way, you've got control over your boat. And um, but you can't control. You know, like we talk about those natural laws or whatever. You can control your response, but you can't control what's around the corner in the rapids. No. Right. You, you can't. And and you know this COVID thing is interesting because you know we want the modeling. We want, uh, we want to be able to predict exactly what's going to happen when the government, you know, institutes a policy. And that's not how life works. Um, and so the, the answer isn't to control. It's not to overplan your life um, because, you know, it never works out. Um, but it is to have the kind of resilience where you can do your part and then, you know, leave it in the hands of higher power. Um, which well, actually the other know, thing too is that you can paddle and really not even recognize you're paddling. You're just doing it oh, yeah, because well, it's it's a natural thing, right? And you're right. You can you can build up habits that you know put you in good stead all the time that become less effort because they're more natural to you. Um, so anyway, that's my, my sense is that drivers' constraints. The ultimate conflict is like C.S. Lewis said: it's those who say to God. Um, thy will be done. And those where we say, actually, you know, I got this. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, he says, well, well, okay, okay then. then. Yeah. See how that works. See how that works for you. Roll with it, okay, baby. So, and, uh, you know, a lot of times we have enough experiences where we, we, we come back and we say, actually, you know, I, I want, I want back on, I want it your way. And in fact, in my life, you know, I go through cycles. Sometimes there's multi-cycles in a day. Yeah. Or, you know, where I'm off off the track and back on the track. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so let me let me just slide on to our last component of essential dynamics, the individual and the group, the people side of people, path, and purpose. Um, and just a few things there. One of them is that on the individual side, you know, we talk about agency and accountability. And so each of us, you know, we have our own kayak. We're responsible for, you know, our own reaction to what's going on around us. But if, uh, if you think about that, the first great commandment as taught by Jesus in the New Testament is to, to love God with all our heart, you know, and soul. Uh, and the second great commandment is like unto it, and that's to love thy neighbor as thyself. And uh, each of us are both an actor um, in this in this uh, life and a reagent for other people to deal with and you know and, and act upon or, or be affected by. And so this idea of the, the tension between the individual and the group is highlighted by the fact that we're our own bosses, but we're uh, asked to love you know all of our brothers and sisters. And that's not particularly easy um so man this has gone on for a while and this is fun let me let me kind of get back to christmas then so a couple of things one we talked about this idea of divine help and that we can't you know the the hero can't accomplish the task without a lot of support along the way and miraculous intervention uh so that's one thing the other thing is that um if there's this ultimate objective of actually becoming more like uh, heavenly parents, you know, and, and so that means to like 
not be bad. That's not have bad attitudes and bad tendencies, but to be, you know, selfless and good and noble. Uh, We don't do that that well all the time. We have our moments, but we don't do that all that way. So, so now we come to Christmas. So Christmas is a celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ had a short mortal ministry that was recorded in the new Testament and, uh, and then uh, kept alive through the centuries um, in various interpretations and stuff like that. But the, I think the, the basic uh, life of Jesus Christ is, uh, is, you know, generally understood. And I think he helped us in three ways. Um, first of all, there was his message, what he taught people, which was, you know, to love your enemies, um, that you should be, you know, you should be like our heavenly father and love everyone and, you know, just be good and, you know, love your enemies. Um, be kind, sacrifice, be upright and moral. So, and he taught that and he taught it in a revolutionary way that really upset the, uh, the, the power uh, structure that was in the Jewish religion at the time. Um, so he, so he taught, but he, he also was the example of that. Um, and, um, he, he, he held no political office or even, you know, sort of, uh, religious office within the structure of his time. Um, but he sought out the weak and the poor and he, he actually, you know, miraculously healed them and he lifted them up and he, uh, he was an example of everything that he taught. And, and I, th- I think we can be confidently say we haven't seen another person that was a perfect example of everything that, that they taught. Uh, but then the third thing is that he actually, uh, through this idea of his, uh, his suffering, crucifixion, crucifixion and resurrection, um, is he actually paid the price not only for our misdeeds, our sins, but also for um, our aspirations and, you know, shortcomings between where we would like to be and where we actually are. And also paid the price for the impact of the harshness of this mortal life and of other people on, uh, you know, on us as we go through. So if you think about the path, if every time you made a mistake and you wandered off the path, you were now heading in that direction and you couldn't correct, then, um, you know, it would be hopeless. Um, if every time you uh, got to the toll bridge and you had to pay for all the messes you'd made to that point and you didn't have any cash to pay, you know, it would be hopeless. And so this idea that we've got um, uh, a teacher, an exemplar, and a mediator, a redeemer, uh, gives you hope that you can overcome uh, you know, all these challenges. Now, if we go back to this idea of purpose X and purpose Y, the whole plan was that we would mess up in a process of learning. Um, and um, if ultimately the goal is to get 100% on an exam, um, the, the beauty of this is we keep getting a new sheet every yeah. time. And every time we can, we can get a few more questions right. And this isn't about, you know, some black mark in heaven kind of thing. It's about who we become. It's about how we learn. And we learn through doing the right thing. And we learn through doing the wrong thing. If the wrong thing doesn't completely stop our progress. And so we need a way out of, we need a way out of that. So when you think about this idea that uh, there was a eternal plan set up to set us on a quest where we had to go through the experiences. We had the companionship, we had the mentor, we had some, you know, tools, but we also have the ability to absolutely get out of any pit that we fall in. Um, Then this is a quest that's, you know, it's full of hope, even in the face of all these terrible challenges that, that we face, whether that's disease, depression, um, betrayal from uh, from someone that's close 
missed opportunities. Um, you know, the whole gamut of the whole, the whole everything of life experience because those life are things that everybody experiences in life. Yeah. So the resolution of purpose X and purpose Y is yes, I'll let you mess up, and I'll let I'll give you a way out, but only if you choose it. And you can't choose for yourself. And you you have to be able to choose. The thing for me here is, and you guys celebrate Christmas as a celebration, and I look at Christmas as a reflection and an Mm -hmm. opportunity to take a look at where I am at this point in my life. And one of the things that I've come to the conclusion, and it's funny because it's not a Christmas movie, but yet you see it every Christmas. I'm not talking about Die Hard. I'm talking about (laughs) It's a Wonderful Life. Okay, that movie was shot in the middle of the summer in the blazing heat in Los Angeles. It was filmed in July. It wasn't meant to be a Christmas movie, but the message resonates with, with people at Christmas more than any other time, and that is, what have I done with my life to touch others? How have I made somebody else's life you know, better? And the one thing my dad always used to say to me was, make sure you leave the, you know, leave your friends and the world in a better place. And so for me... I reflect heavily at this time of year, not just on Christmas Day, at this time of year about have I done enough to make other people's lives more complete? And that's really what my purpose is here on this planet. And and so that I, and so I use this time I use that movie as a that movie is one of my all-time favorites because if you weren't born, how would somebody else's life have been t- been turned around or spun around? And if you get the opportunity to really seriously think about it, maybe you start to figure out exactly why you're here in the first place. Yeah. So for me, this is a huge time of year, and uh, it's gone from being a religious holiday to me to being a personal life experience where every year I get an opportunity just to sit there on a very quiet, family-driven day and think to myself, have I done enough here to make everybody else's life worthwhile? Uh, it's never been what's... How is it affecting me? That's not what it's, that's not why I'm here. I'm here to try to make I everybody like that, else Brian. feel better. Anyway, and I, I I love that. I love that. My you you talk about uh, feeling uncomfortable about being an inspiration to others, and yet you are an inspiration to me. And I'm very grateful that uh, that you have gone through what you have because you teach me that way. My personal thing is I want to be. Ultimately, I, at, the, at the end of the day, I want to be useful. And I don't know often that I am. And I, I hope that I am. I don't know about inspirational. I, don't, I, I thought for a long time when I was young that that was necessary to be an example and to be, uh, to be kind of like the, the proud warrior that comes in on a horse and saves the damsel in distress. And I thought that was the, the ultimate. But um, I've been humbled since then, and I, I know I've never been that on that horse, and I've never been the, the, the hero of anyone's life, except maybe my own. And I am, uh, all I'm trying to be now is useful in some way. Keep and riding the kayak, my friend. You will find it eventually. Yeah. It'll come yeah, to you. So. But, but mm, I just, Derek, this has been like, I, we've been talking for like about almost 50 minutes here. And I could. Really? I, this is our I, longest podcast. Well, it is. And you know what? I could keep drinking my hot chocolate here and listening to you two guys chat and completely understand and get where you're at. And all yeah. it does is it just, it just helps me fine tune where I'm going. And as I said, yeah. I'm on that kayak. I'm on that river. And uh, I know where I'm going to finish eventually, but how I get from point A to point B can be changed dramatically from day to day. And I'm prepared to take it on, and I'm really excited about by it. And uh, and like I said, this is a time of reflection for me. And sure, and sure. so I uh, I love exactly how you've spelled it out, Derek. It's been fantastic. Yeah, Derek, you really have. And Bryn, thank you for what you said. I just feel. Uh, just remember on Christmas Day this year, if you're looking to ask yourself if you've done enough, just have you sent me a present. Gift bags. That's the other thing, yeah, too. Okay. The other two right. words that are very important at this time of year, gift, gift bags. bags. Absolutely. 
That's right. Derek, have you got anything else to say about just to close us off on well, on Christmas? Because you put us certainly in a very contemplative mood. Yeah, I, you know, I, I appreciate this conversation a lot. Um, so like I said, I think our attraction to the quest is because it, it really is our life journey. And it's nice to be able to step away from it and see it played out on a stage somewhere. Uh, so that then we can kind of reaffirm that, that we do make a difference, yeah. uh, that we can overcome, that there is divine help. Um, and, and those are the things that allow us to just make good day-to-day decisions and be good people and help other people. Read, or Brent, um, I'm reminded of the, uh, and let's close with this, the, the story of um, a Christian church in Europe it's blown up by a bomb in uh, one of the world wars. And um, as they uh, put the pieces together, there was a statue of Jesus Christ, which they were able to reassemble, uh, except they couldn't find the hands. So the statue was complete. It was outstretched arms that ended at the wrists and there's no hands. And so they were going to find the sculptor and recast hands and patch the dawn. And someone had a better idea. They just put a sign on it that said, I have no hands, but yours. And, and so all of us, um, you know, have the potential to be forces for good. um, Where we are the divine help that other people need. And, and I believe that this whole plan was set up um, so that we don't, we don't learn individually. Everything's a group project. And, uh, and we have the opportunity to express love and uh, kindness to someone just by not being irritated by them, <laughs> you know, in the one hand and the other hand, reaching out to someone clearly in need. And the other hand, read, there's people that you've uh, influenced that you don't know about. Oh yeah. And, and one of the things that I think is fantastic about believing, truly believing that there is a life after this one is the chance to find out in that next phase of our existence what really went on and who we really helped in this life. And, and that's, I think, the message of It's a Wonderful Life. It's a, it's a, it's a great way to do it is that we all have uh, an opportunity to be, you know, in, in my words, the Savior's hands to lift up other people. And, and what a great opportunity to think about it you know, at this time and to, you know, ask ourselves on our quest, you know, are we, are we, you know, helping other people on theirs? Because ultimately the only way to be successful on our quest is if you forget about it and lose, lose your life in the service of other people. And then you'll find yourself at the top of the mountain. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. And until we meet again, consider your quest. Mm-hmm.